Hey there, friends. My name is Kyle Devlin, and this is Having a Blast. Having a Blast is a pop punk, punk rock, and emo podcast where we're going to be discussing all things punk rock ethos and personal development and the parallels within. We'll also be doing some deep dives on important albums and bands. I'm going to be talking to band members, producers, and a bunch of my friends. And I want to know what makes these people tick. How has being self-motivated moved them in the direction of their goals? We're going to have a lot of fun finding out. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the show. This is Having a Blast. I'm your host, Kyle Devlin. Today, I'm extremely excited to be speaking with Mr. Ted Felicetti, frontman of the pop rock, pop punk band, Don't Panic. Don't Panic are based out of the wonderful state of Pennsylvania. I've been there many times. Great place. They have two full lengths out currently. Their first release, See Through It All, was released in November of 2020, and they just released their second album in September of last year. So pretty quick turnaround. I would say that's a uniquely fast advance of music, and we talk all about that. Ted just got back from the UK doing some acoustic shows with Bowling for Soup. He is back in the States, and they're about to go on tour with Less Than Jake and Bowling for Soup as well, so that's very exciting. We also talk about our days out on the Warp Tour. We had a very similar experience meeting Kevin Lyman. We also talk about Star Wars, creativity, working hard to create our own opportunities, and the gratification of getting some opportunities along the way. I had a lot of fun chatting with Ted, and I I think you'll enjoy this conversation and get a lot out of it. So without further ado, please enjoy this multifaceted chat with Mr. Ted Felicetti of Don't Panic. Man, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Not bad. Hello, sir. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're great. Radical. Okay, cool. Happy Saturday. It's good to see you, man. Thank you for agreeing to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah, happy to. How's the weather there? You're in Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's actually really, really nice today. So all my windows are open. So if you hear a car going by, that's that's what you hear. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's a good day for it, right? Especially like this time of year, spring cleaning and stuff and just getting the stale air out. And then you're in Sugarloaf. Is that where you're from? Is that the name of your town? Yeah, yeah. It's like basically like a sub it's not really any cities around here but it's a it's like an right side outside of hazelton so yeah but it's called sugar loaf is the name of the town that's a great name for a town (laughs) i guess so (laughs) sugar loaf i think of that every time i think of america lots of sugar lots of carbohydrates okay how far are you from pittsburgh pittsburgh is about four and a half hours west okay so you're a little ways away from them okay yeah the first exposure I had to your band, Don't Panic, was the promotional flyer that you guys had with your shows with Eternal Boy. Oh, and yeah. that's what caught my eye because I've known Rishi for almost 20 years. Me too. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I met, yeah him, my... met him a long time ago. Yeah. Do you remember what year it was? I think we met it's in 2003. Con- it's, it's contested. It's contested because me and my brother know that we met him. I think it was about 2002. Red. There was a show at this place called the American Music Cafe, which was in Murraysville, I think. Mm-hmm. And we were our old band was opening for this band called Annie Freeze, who was on Kung Fu. 
I remember them. And, and we know for sure Space Pimps played this show. Like we know it. And every right. time we talked to Rishi about it, he's like, no, we didn't start till 2005. I was like, no, that's false. I know. <laughs> so I, I don't know. One, one of us is right. And it's probably me. Yeah. No, I think it's you actually. Yeah. I remember buying that anti-freeze record. I was a big fan of a lot of Kung Fu bands. And I remember seeing that Chris Rowe from the Ataris, he produced that record mm-hmm. with the hearts on it. I listened to that record the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Fun trip down memory lane. It sounds very Ataris too. And you listen to the songs, it's very Chris Rowe. I haven't listened to it in like 20 years, but yeah, it harkens back. It sounds like 2001, 2002, that sugary pop punk, but yeah, yeah. It's fun to listen to. Yeah. I was in a band. I've been in many bands over the years and I was in a band called Game Time and we toured the East Coast for the first time. And that's where we met Rishi. We played with the Space Pimps Mm -hmm. and I think we played with a couple other local bands too. I remember one of the local bands had Dan and I'm forgetting his last name, but he's the second half of Dan and Shay now. Okay. So every time I see them, I think about playing that show with them (laughs) all the way back in the day. Yeah. When he was still into pop punk and stuff. But yeah, love Rishi. He's great. Kept in contact with him over the years. And now they are Eternal Boy. They were the Space Pimps when you met him. And yep. they were the Space Pimps when we met him as well. Yeah, we were good friends with them. And we stayed with Brian when he was still in the band. We would mm-hmm. tour the East Coast and stay with him and his family. That's cool. And it was always a blast. Always a lot of fun. I really liked Brian. I still talk to him occasionally. Well, cool. So you've known Rishi forever. Mm-hmm. And you guys aren't doing a full tour. You're just doing a few shows, right? On the East Coast or... Yeah, we did three back in March together. Right. Uh, and then we have a couple more that we're doing together in August. We're going to do like Delaware and uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Cool. And then we're playing the Four Chord Fest this year as well. Brad, that's awesome. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I saw you guys on the bill. That's very yep. cool. It's really cool. The fact that he's doing two days this year. That's a stacked lineup. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm very excited for our date because I'm a big Bad Religion fan. So oh. it's exciting. And Descendants too. Oh, yeah. So I'm very excited to open for both bands. Yeah, that's incredible. Congratulations on that. I mean, just to say that I'm opening for Descendants and Bad Religion on this yeah, big epic day. Very Who cool. Who plays that day? The more punk rock days. Pennywise playing? Or? Yeah, Pennywise, Lagwagon, oh. H2O, Story of the Year. I think Silverstein and the Amity Affliction, I think. is. It? Oh, okay. Yeah, they're yeah. doing a co-headlining run, so that makes sense. Yeah, Maybe Bomb Pops. Keep, oh no, keep flying's not on it anymore. Oh, there's another band I don't think he announced yet, so I won't say them. Cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a really good lineup this year. Red. Yeah. No, I would pay a lot of money to see just that lineup you just yeah. described. Yeah. Pretty badass, man. That's pretty awesome. My business partner, one of my best friends that I've known forever, his favorite band is H2O. So he would oh, definitely cool. fly out to something like that. Cool. So is that the first day? Is that Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the okay. first day. Second day is All Time Low, Jimmy World as the headliners. A lot of great bands as well. It's cool that Silverstein's playing with these punk rock bands too. I know they did it on Warp Tour, but I know Shane, he's a big punk rock fan and he grew up on punk rock. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's kind of like the same with us. Like we're not really a punk rock band, more more like kind of like a Bayside kind of thing, Alkaline Trio. More Uh, mid-tempo. Yeah, but I mean, me, especially me and our bass player, Keith, just grew up on all that stuff. So it's really cool to play with those bands. I was just watching the video for Fall of 99 and you mentioned the Vandals, the Queers and No Effects. All yeah, in one yeah. song, which is rad. Yeah. I love that song. Oh, thanks. Very cool. So those are some of the bands that you grew up on? Punk rock? Yeah, No Effects for sure. Face to Face, Good Riddance and Suicide Machines and Less Than Jake and, you know, more fat records and Kung Fu and, you know, the Ataris. That kind of stuff was more my speed uh, when I was in high school. 
it's going to be kind of thrilling. I was going to mention this later, but we can talk about it. You're about to go on tour in a few weeks, right? With less than Jake co-headlining run with real big fish as well. Right. Uh, no, it's less than Jake and bowling for soup and bowling for uh, soup. That's right. And the aquabats. Did I say real big fish? I, yeah. I, always, I always feel like they're synonymous with less than they Jake's do they tour, tour together, a so lot much. together. Yeah. But it's not, yeah. they're not on it. Yeah. But yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's a uh, tour. yeah, man. I'm very excited. It starts in 18 days for a show. Very, Red. very, very, very excited. You're counting down the days. I've, yeah, for, for sure. Which was the first record that you heard from Less Than Jake? Do you remember? Yeah, Borders and Boundaries. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. so the Fat Records release. Yeah, that was a 2001, I think. Yeah, Something yeah, like around that. that time. Yeah, yeah, that was so cool because I remember being obsessed with Hello Rockview and then they got dropped from Capitol and then mm-hmm. they joined the Fat Family, which was so cool at the time because at that time, Fat Records, it was a lot of really fast skate punk. So it was cool to see them releasing stuff for more mid-tempo bands and even a band like Less Than Jake. Yeah. 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 No, they're awesome. And uh, I listened to that album a lot in high school. That was like that my, my senior year of high school or so, or maybe my junior year. I was a huge into that album for sure. A lot of those, a lot of those releases around that time, Face to Face had a new album out. Big Wig put an album out I really liked. And it was just like a lot of like fat record stuff. No Use for a Name, I think, had a really good album in 2000. Yeah. Hard Rock Bottom. Yeah. So I mean, there's just like a bunch of awesome records coming out right at the end of 90s and the beginning of 2000s. And that's, like I said with Fall 99, like that's all those bands I reference, but even the ones I'm referencing now, those ones specifically just because they worked good in the lyrics, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> for rhyming, but queers rhyme with beers. So I was like, all right, that works. There but, you uh, go. It's perfect. Yeah. Those bands definitely shaped how I started playing and touring in bands and stuff. Cool. Awesome. So you've been doing it for a while. We're about the same age. I graduated in 02. Yeah. That's when I graduated. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. we're the exact same age. So you've been playing in bands for a long time. Mm -hmm. I noticed on your Facebook page, you fronted some bands. Have you always fronted bands or? No, Uh, my first band, I started in 99 and I was in that band until 2003. And that was with my brother and our friend, Ian. It was just like a three piece kind of MXPX kind of thing. Cool. And then in 2000, I was a singer and guitar player in that band. It was called Shortwave Radio. And then after that, I joined a band in 2003 called Split 50, which was more like a, like an alkaline trio kind of thing i guess my chemical romancey eventually although i'm not a big big my chem fan but no this was a five piece oh okay cool Uh, i wasn't the singer i was just a lead guitar and backing vocals and yeah there's three guitars in that band too so we did a lot of like harmonizing guitar parts and all that kind of stuff but we were a band from 2003 to 2009 so there were six years and uh okay yeah, and that, that band was like my first like real, real band. Like we did Warp Tour all six years every summer. Wow. And uh, you know, we were signed to Eulogy. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we know we honestly we just like played we played a lot of regional stuff. Warp tour is like our big thing we would do every summer. But yeah. And then then I started okay. this band. That's those are the three bands I've been in. <laughs> okay, cool. Game time, my first band, we were riffy too. We were big into guitars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we also we were lucky enough to play Warp Tour in 2002, 2003, and we played couple dates in 2004 right before we broke up can you tell me a little bit about that on warp tour i mean warp tour is a grind but i always love hearing people's stories about it what did you guys travel in well so our story is a little interesting because we had originally signed to this label called hellbent which our friend joe from new jersey owned and we put out they had like a lot of like other like very very punk rocky kind of like but like dirty stuff like leftover crack kind of stuff you know what i mean like those kind of bands and we didn't really belong on that label but he just liked our band a lot so we signed to his label and he was friends with this band called the phenomenauts 
and they used to they're kind of like the aquabats almost where they're just like dress up like spacemen and they would like play like weird music and uh yeah. they had a stage on the warp tour in the early 2000s it was called like the space station stage or something and yep. it was just like they parked this like silver camper and then set up a stage right in front of it and then they had of like smaller bands play it was like on the ground and you know mm-hmm. and uh the year we joe from hellbent got us on we played three or four shows and we had an awesome time and we found out that the phenomena that was the last year they were going to do the stage. They didn't want to do it anymore. So our singer got Kevin Lyman's phone number and called him. It was just like, yo, we'll do it. We're like, we'll do what they're doing. So Kevin's like, okay. So <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was literally that easy. It was, I was sat there with him when we made the phone call. We're just like, yeah, like we'll put a stage together and we'll book bands and, and we'll follow the tour around and do that. And let's do like this, the local side stage. So he said, sure. So That's yeah. So we went a little bit bigger. We, we'd bought some like, staging platforms that were like you know a foot off the ground and got like a sponsor from samson hartke who sent us a bunch of like free gear and we rented a motorhome with a trailer and we got like another sponsor that throws a couple bucks just to cover the motorhome and we did it in 2004 mm-hmm. and yeah we just ran the stage we booked it ourselves like we put a bunch of bands that we were friends on who were just kind of starting up at the time so there's like a band we were friends with called versus the world and we had them play this band called break the silence played i remember you know pretty cool bunch of you know this band motionless and white we were friends with from up our area in scranton cool and then every year we would do it again he just kept saying all right come back next year you got we stayed out of his way and each year our production got a little bit bigger we got better sponsors and we started to get like an sl 250 stage like a big stage that we you know that would we would drive with a truck and and our band obviously played every year it was our production so we, we created a company and we ran the stage and just, we'd have our band play every year you know yeah and then as the years went on like 2005 we started to get like you know we had all-time low play and four year strong and these bands were all still small at the time like all-time low built the stage like they would come to in order to play they would come in the morning and help set the stage up like that's yep. that was the deal we had with them wow so yeah so yeah, but we wound up having like a lot of really cool bands and and we did that from 2004 until 2012. So Split 50 had broken up in 2009, but we just kept doing it for a couple more years because it was just, you know, it was fun. Fun. Yeah. So that was, yeah, was every year I was out on that tour. And so the first year as a motorhome and that was miserable. It was miserable. <laughs> I mean, we played, I mean, we played our first years on Warp Tour in 2002 and 2003. We did it in a van and yeah. I'm sure, that sucks. It's That's just, how we did it so hot and you have to get a hotel every night and the drives are atrocious they're eight hours yeah. so yeah. we did the motorhome we were still driving ourselves and it was like we we're just killing ourselves setting the stage up playing selling merch in the sun breaking the stage down and then driving the stage everywhere and it's yeah. eight hour drives like we were dying so from 2005 onward we just got a tour bus and we uh ran a tour bus every summer we just got like, wow yeah you know, we would just get sponsors who would pay for it and help you know, they put their name on the banner on the back. And yeah, so I, I got to do, work. it was very lucky and fortunate. I mean, obviously it was a lot of work. We, we didn't just get it handed to us. We had to work our asses off, but sure. yeah, 2005, 2012, we did a warp tour on a tour bus, which is really nice because I don't think I could do it any other way at this point. If yeah. they did warp tour now and they're like, you can go on the tour, man, I have to be on a bus, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember those grueling hours. I mean, there was times where it was like one person has to drive all night because there's no day off the next day. And yep. yeah. And then, so one person sacrifices sleep and then they sleep during the day. And then we would show up at like 6am 
and we'd have to find the production office so that we could figure out what time we were playing and stuff. I had a very similar experience. I just completely cold emailed Kevin Lyman and he gave us the initial first 20 dates when we did it in 2002. I was 18 years old. So that sounds very Kevin Lyman. The fact yeah, that he, he, he was such an awesome guy and he was just always, he did everything very DIY, even when there was a big production, like, you know, by the mid 2000s, the Warped Tour was fucking huge. And he would just be like, but he wouldn't do, he wouldn't like treat it that way. He would just treat yeah. it like it was like a cool, you could just, if you get his email and be like, yo, Kevin, like I'm in a band and like, we like Warped Tour a lot. We live in New Jersey. Can we play like a couple shows? Be like, yeah, all right. And he just find a spot for you. Yeah. It's like, man, Absolutely. the amount of stuff that this guy's doing, you can, I mean, you know, I, I've been a show promoter. I've been, a, I've put on festivals before. I've done all that stuff, and I know how stressful that shit gets. And every sure. and there's 175 bands on your show, and it's 60 dates or the hell it was, 50 dates, and it's like holy shit! Like, how does he remember my stupid band from Pennsylvania and remember to put us on the schedule? And you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, I remember showing up to the production office, and he would literally be writing it down. And the first day that we got there, we let him know who we were, and he goes, "Is that one word or two words?" You know, he couldn't remember. Like, yeah, sure. The email that I sent, but he was still being very gracious. And then at the end of the summer, when we were done with our dates, we found him that day, and we just thanked him, and he just said, "Yeah, I'd love to see you guys next year on a bigger stage. Let's make it happen." And I just thought, wow, that's so cool. But yeah. I don't really—I mean, it speaks to your tenacity and your friend's tenacity—the fact that you guys just called him up. And it's the only you way never know. Do. You just got to ask sometimes, you know? Yeah, man. That's the only way you can do anything anymore. You just got to, I mean, and even back then, I mean, it actually got a little bit harder to do it that way nowadays, but back then, especially you could just be like, yeah, whatever, what are you going to lose? You just make, get this person's phone number, give them a call. If they say no, like you're still in the same spot you were. Exactly. At least be, so at least you asked. So yes. that's kind of just always the way that we learned to do things back then. You're my age. So, you know, yeah. Oh and yeah. Touring was yeah. way different back then than it is now. And, shows and all that stuff yeah for sure and i was watching those other bands that were maybe a couple of years ahead of me that were hustling the lines and warp tour selling eps selling you know their backpacks and their headphones and their sandals yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. I, I, I remember, remember all those people in 2003 it was maybe a week before we were slated to go out to, on warp tour and it was another situation where we were on this radioactive stage and we had to help build the stage every day similar to mm-hmm. what you're talking about i remember the phenomenons i remember bumping into those guys and we, I remember <laughs> I went to the doctor's office cause I wasn't feeling very well. This is right before the summer was about to start. And I found out I had walking pneumonia that week. Oh, and I told the doctor what I was about to do for the next two and a half months or months of touring. And he goes, I wouldn't go. And I just thought, no, I have to go. So yeah, like, give I'll, me whatever I'll, I need to take. And yeah, I'll like, die. I'll die. It's all right. <laughs> I, I nearly did. It was brutal, but it was still one of the best summers of my life. And it was 2003. I loved so. it, man. I had such a good time every year. And yeah, you know, I still bet- have flashbacks. Anytime I walk outside and there's hot asphalt, that smell. In the <laughs> oh air, yeah, man. I just think of warp Tour. The amount of hours I spent in a 10 by 10 pop-up tent trying to sell t-shirts to people and giving away free hugs and all that stupid shit just to get people to listen <laughs> to your CD. And yeah. Yeah, you just, you just sit there and cook all day, you know, 9 a.m. until usually like six o'clock or whatever the head, last headliner was starting to kind of go on. Sure. Yeah. And by that time you're just fried. I mean, you're oh, so yeah. done and tired. Oh yeah. yeah. You definitely earn your wings, your stripes out there. So that's cool. We have that in common. That's rad, man. I mean, yeah. it's really cool that you guys were able to do it in a bus and get sponsors and really help out a lot of bands. I'm sure you guys did help out a lot of bands. Oh yeah. We had, I mean, we know we did so many dates and we did probably like 15 bands a day. Mm-hmm. 
And so, I mean, and it wasn't always the same bands and it wasn't, you know, so it'd be friends or, but to be up and coming bands or it would be that kind of stuff. So we try yeah. and help them as much as we could. Very cool. Yeah. And I remember we played a couple of dates on the Ernie ball stage. It was also the truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we played that too. That was the first time I ever met the Bowling for Soup guys. And they were oh. really nice because they were rounding out that stage. 2003. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we played cool. play the Ernie Ball stage in 2003 also. Okay, cool. I, I wonder if our paths crossed at all. We never really did the East Coast on 2002, 2003. Yeah, we didn't do anything but any East Coast, like Northeast, really. We, we, Northeast. Kevin put us, yeah, Kevin put us on, like we called Brian Ball mm-hmm. and he put us on a bunch of the Ernie Ball dates. And then Kevin put us on the Kevin Says stage for a couple of dates. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. In 2003, was it still a stage? Because I remember they a tent one year and I think Kevin says yeah, it was, it was a tent with like a two, four inch platform that was on the yeah. ground. It was like a staging with no legs almost. Yep. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Cause in 2002, we played Kevin says the first date and mm-hmm. they had a pretty big stage for it. I remember. And it ended up being one of the best work tours we ever played, but we were playing literally first, like as the doors were opening, but for whatever oh, yeah. reason, it, it was in that position where people are walking in and they just kind of stop because they hear music. Yeah. You can never know like on that tour when, who you're going to yeah. play for, how many people you're going to play for. It was always, you could be on a great stage in a shitty time slot and you play for nobody. You could play on a shitty stage with a weird time slot. And all of a sudden there's 200 people in front of you. And it was Absolutely. very, you know, it was very schizophrenic in that way. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Yeah. It's fun to think about warp tour. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> so what, what happened? I was going to ask you what happened with the initial, or you guys were going to do a couple dates with uh, eternal boy Mm-hmm. Did they get canceled or did they get moved? They get shifted to August or how did that work? Oh, uh, so what we were going to do uh, a couple of shows with them actually this upcoming weekend. Uh, and then we got added to the less than Jake Bowling for Soup Tour. Okay. So we said, well, we're going to have to push those yeah. to August. So Understandable. Like, yeah, yeah, that was it. It was, you know, <laughs> we got offered a really big tour and we said, you know, we had to kind of cancel a bunch of our plans. Cause we had a bunch of stuff kind of, tr- we were, you know, a lot, a lot, but like a lot of regional stuff planned for the summer and mm-hmm. we got offered that big tour for three weeks. We're doing it. And then uh, a few days after we get home from that, we're going back on tour for two more weeks with the Dolly Rots. Very so cool. it's like, so we had stuff planned for July. We had to push that off, but we were going to do some dates with keep flying in, uh, in new England. We had to cancel those. So, you know, it's been, it's been a lot. It's been a stressful sure. like planning season this spring. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. It, just it, making sure everything aligns. Yeah. And just make, you know, making sure everyone can go on tour and, and, you know, when you get like a tour like that dropped on you and it's like in a couple of weeks and you're like, Oh shit, like we don't have enough merch for something like that. And I got to find someone who's going to print the merch out and get to order more vinyl or more CDs or stickers. You know, you just gotta, yeah. you, gotta you gotta get the van kind of spruced because I wasn't planning on driving 6,000 miles in June and July either. So I gotta make sure right. the van's like all, you know, in perfect shape. And you know, it's just a lot of stuff you got to think about, especially when it's last minute. Yeah. That's a really great point. I, you know, I don't tour. I'm in a band just for fun these days and I record for fun, but the mm-hmm. logistical challenges of being a band that isn't constantly on the road, or maybe you guys haven't been constantly on the road in your past. No. So not, there not are constantly. logistical challenges, right? Like I didn't even of think course. about the fact that you, you got to make sure you've got enough albums. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that, not, that, right? not that tons of people buy CDs anymore, uh, but vinyls definitely picked up a, bo- a bunch. Sure. And even if you don't have albums, like you're going to want something that links people to your Spotify and iTunes and stuff. 
So we get like a bunch of these like little like cards with a, just a QR code, basically. It's just a card that's a QR code. Yeah. It's got our logo and our name and our website. You hand it to them. You're like, just scan it with your phone. It takes you to a landing page. And it's got like, you know, Spotify, iTunes. You choose which one yeah. you want to follow us on. Links for streaming and stuff. Yeah. I mean, man, people don't have any attention spans anymore. So if we play a show, even if we play opening for Bowling for Soup and Less Than Jake at, you know, freaking the Fillmore in Detroit, it's, yeah, we're great. We're going to play for 1,700 people. But if you're not like handing them something that says like, oh, by the way, remember our band's name, like, sure. they'll forget about you tomorrow. So of you got to make sure you have all the stuff there to make really make those shows worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. And try to capitalize on that. Yeah. Leverage that attention that you have for the finite amount of time that attention is is welcomed, right? Mm-hmm. So very cool. June 22nd, start of the LTJ BFS tour. Yep. That is very cool. And the Aquabats too. That's yep. rad. Very cool. And you guys are playing two shows with Eternal Boy in August, which we just mentioned. Yep. And then do you guys have a music video coming out? I thought maybe I saw something about- Yeah, we do. Uh, so we shot it on- May 1st um, and it was supposed to be done originally on the 27th or no supposed to be originally done on the 20th of May yeah uh, cool. like he was kind of rushing it out mm-hmm. and because uh, I was going on tour I was doing an acoustic tour of the of uh, England yeah which which I you just, just got back from. I literally just got back from that and I wanted to have it out before that tour and then while I was on the, t- like, he didn't get, he was, he sent me a thing and it was like, yes, yeah, not done yet. Like, let's get, let's make, I want, I want to make sure it's right. Cause I, sure. I, we like to, I really like to do music videos. Um, they're like a thing that we have a lot of fun with, but you guys make good videos. I like thank them. You. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and so now I kind of like set a bar kind of for ourselves where it's like, all right, well, we always have to make sure we're doing them other as good or better. So uh, when he sent me the first draft, I was just like, nah, it needs, we still have a lot of work I want to do on this. So we decided to just like, let him get it done. So we, I just spoke to him actually right before I got on this call and it's going to be done and released on uh, the upcoming Friday. So the, the 10th, I think that is June 10th. Yes. Yeah. So it's going to come out yeah. on, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's coming out on June 10th. Awesome, man. Yeah. Killer. It's for, it's for our song. Whoa. I, which I love is, that song. Thank you. It's on our, our dark horse album, which came out last September. Yeah, is this a friend of yours that's doing it, helping you out? Uh, he he he's the guy. He's was one of the people in the crew who did our Fall '99 video. He was like cool. the he was the editor, and he did a lot of work on it. He did a lot of the camera work and the directing. So yeah, uh, very cool. Yeah, he's a uh, you know we love working with him. His name's Dave. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Radical. And you got you just mentioned Dark Horse. You released that last September, and then you guys put out a full length a year before that as well. Is that what yeah. I saw? Yeah, yeah. So we put out uh, our first full length was called See Through It All, and that came out in I would say the fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, November, I think. Okay. Of 2020, and it was like the because we had worked on it all throughout the pandemic, or the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right when everything Damn was wrong. shut down, man, everything's weird to me right now. No, no, yeah, we, recorded, we, were, man. <laughs> we recorded it in 2019. Okay, and so we recorded it in 2019 at the end of the year because I just got home from my brother's wedding. And uh, the plan was to release the songs one at a time, and then at, and at the end of 20, 2020, put out the full album. And so single releases. Yeah. So sing, every six weeks, you're putting out a new song. That was the original idea. Smart. 
like well, that. Was a, that wasn't my idea. That was Jarrett from uh, Bowling for Soup's idea. He told me to do it. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'll give him the credit. But uh, <laughs> so we did that. And then the pandemic happened after we shot the Fall 99 video because we were going to go on, you know, try and do some tour dates. Actually, we were supposed to do some tour dates with the Ataris. Oh, those, cool. Those got canceled because of COVID. So we were just like, all right, we'll just keep releasing singles and videos and whatever. So we put the album out. So that was our first full length. And yeah, so the full album came out in November 2020. And then the pandemic just kept going on. Yeah. <laughs> so we were just like, all right, well, what the hell? In the worst possible way. Yeah. So what are we going to do? So I just started working on some new songs. I was like, fuck it. I'll just write another album. So I like that. Yeah. So we just started working on another album. And uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, again, the plan was to do the same thing, like keep releasing a song every. So we did that for a little bit. We did, you know, I think we released four, four or five singles off of Dark Horse, which is yeah. our second full length. And then that album came out last September. So yeah, we've done two full lengths in two years. Yeah. And less than a year apart, which is pretty cool. I mean, just from the outside looking in, it may have been longer than that usually is, right? Just constructing songs and things like that. But I started I writing August 2019. I started, I, I mean, I remember the day I, I was at my uh, fiance was at a bachelorette party with my cousin's mm-hmm. fiance. And I was staying at my cousin's house. And I brought my acoustic guitar and we were making beef jerky in his backyard. <laughs> and I, I just like, all right, we we're just like kind of sitting there. It was nice out. And I just like started like working on a song. That, and that's was August 2019. So, I mean, from then until Dark Horse, as we, which is September 2021. So it was about exactly two years. That's when we made both albums. Wow. And released that's them. Yeah. So it's pretty fast. Impressive, man. Yeah. It, who records? Uh, our, so our guitar player, AJ, is a, uh, an engineer uh and he works at a place called sound mine nice which is in the poconos and that place is freaking awesome so if anyone is listening to this and, and re- wants to record and lives in the northeast or wants to travel go here uh yeah. it's incredible i mean it the the head engineer danny did the new gojira album and oh, cool. uh, he, he's mixing new Avenged sevenfold right now wow uh you know he's done a ton of bands he did forever the sickest kids emotional so white and um on so many bands they did a new bowling for soup album that just came out very cool so yeah so i mean they just do a ton of shit there and the studio is incredible it's worth every dollar you spend very but, cool your yes. records sound great like sonic sound awesome i like yeah, yeah. guitars everything sits well in the mix yeah so that's uh, aj did most of the tracking and most of the mixing and then danny the owner who he did a bunch of mixing as well for me recently on the album so very yeah. cool uh yeah i mean it's a great it's a great studio and um really really excited how everything came out we're actually working on new stuff now we're going to be going there uh after all this touring is over that's awesome man in the fall yeah uh hopefully like or into the summer yeah i would like to go in august once he finishes mixing yeah that's true yeah (laughs) that's a lot that's a lot of recording a lot of writing i mean i think it's it speaks to the nature of maybe you guys aren't being too precious with the songs like you write it do you typically write with an acoustic guitar no, I write in my basement usually with this little focus right that I'm doing this interview with you on. Uh, cool. I just set it up in my basement with my my beautiful new Kemper that I got. Awesome. And uh, I just record right into my computer, just ideas. I'll just like play guitar and I'll just like sing some blah, blah, blahs over it. Cool. Program a couple of fake drums and I'll send it to my band and then our drummer and I'll get together and we'll kind of turn it to a real song. Very cool. Yeah, very simple easy process i like that what do you use to record like what's your daw uh, tools or studio logic? one 
Oh, Studio One. Cool. Yeah. Great. Our friend Kyle, he does a lot of the game time. We've been putting out new songs and uh, he was very much into Logic and Pro Tools. And now he's all Studio One. So very cool. I love Pro Tools personally, uh, but I just don't want to spend the money on it. Yeah. Especially for demos. So I was just like, "Eh, Studio One's free. I'll just put that on my my computer and track ideas. And then I go go to the studio where they have nice things and then I'll worry about it. I feel super ignorant because I didn't realize it was free. I didn't realize they had a free version of Studio mm-hmm. One. Yeah, I need to awesome. get on that. No, that's great. Uh, so I, I use it for all my demos. Cool. That's awesome, man. That's rad. Yeah, I need to get on that because I'm I'm trying to write new stuff now and it's all just voice memos in my phone. Just yeah, yeah, I do that first. That's the very first step is I'll be in the shower or I'll wake up from bed and I'll just start singing into my phone. Yeah. And I'll be like, blah, 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 you know, like some idea that I had in my head or some anything. I'll start tapping and humming, a, a, you know, an idea just so I don't forget it. And then I just yeah. I don't do anything with it. I'll have like 30 videos on my phone. And and then one day I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna start working on some of these. So then I'll go and I'll pull up my phone. I'll listen through all of them and be like, oh, that one's cool. And then I'll learn it on the guitar. Kind of like so that's yeah. like the real beginning of the process is it's usually in the shower because you got nothing else to do. You're just standing there. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of left to your own devices, which is like your thoughts, basically. Yeah. You know, and if you listen to music that day, you might have like melodies in your head and stuff. Yep. Yeah. I yeah, it's like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. He said he writes most of his songs on walks, so it's the same thing. You're just yeah, kind yeah. of left in solitude. Yeah, I've done that. Like I go for a daily jog in the summer, and I do the same thing. Like I'll, if I have a song idea, I'll just sing it in my phone and I'll stop really quick. Cool. So it's the same kind of idea. Dude, I wish we had that stuff available back in 2001, 2002. Yeah, it was I know. So hard back then trying to come up with ideas or just remember them, just get them down. Yeah. Wow. Well, so you mentioned earlier that you're a booking agent too. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that's, that's gotta help, right? Certainly. I mean, uh, right now I work for a company called TKO. I'm a booking agent over there. The Kirby uh, organization. That's yes, what TKO that, stands that, for. That is it. Uh, Very cool. but uh, I mean, I, I was self-employed booking agent for, 15 years before that I just wow. my own. yeah I just did my own company and booked for and I used to book for a bunch of different bands I used to book for Screeching Weasel and I booked for this band He Is Legend and oh cool um I, I did book for the Ataris Legend. for a while I mean I still do um uh I actually just started working for the band Mest um so cool. booking them so yeah just like a whole bunch of but then I also did like small bands and, and that's where I started and I kind of learned how to do it from working on the warp tour again to bring it back uh from booking the stage i was the one who that was my job was to book all the bands on the stage and uh full circle yeah so i was just like yeah i like doing this this is cool and, and then i would kind of work from there i guess you know that's okay uh, yeah eventually i booked a tour so the story of my band is kind of weird too because we started technically in 2009 um split 50 broke up and me and our bass player keith who's my still my bass player now wanted to keep going but we wanted to just do something a little different so we started this band and we got the members who are in it now basically and uh we recorded like a five or six song ep at our friend's house like a little studio Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's like a little more foo fighters ish i guess a little more on the rock side and uh then i was friends with Chris from the Ataris and they were going to go on tour and uh, they just lost their booking agent. And he was like, yeah, you know, if you want to help book the tour, you guys can play. Like that was kind of my, I, I did. I, so I did it for free. I, 
I booked the tour. I didn't get paid anything. What I, the paid was that my band could open the shows. Cool. So, yeah, I booked. I booked. Uh, it was like a forty-date U.S. tour with them, and we did that. That's a lot of dates. I mean, it's a yeah, nice it was long. networking we went, opportunity, right? Yeah. So we went all the way out to California and back, and from Pennsylvania, and uh, I did a really good job. I guess he he had a good time, and he's like, "Yeah, you did great." So like, just keep booking us. So I was like, "Okay, cool." And then like from there, uh, he would tell you know he's friends with Joe from the Queers, and then Joe would, he'd be like, "Hey, then they need someone to book a tour, you know, that kind of stuff." So I just start booking tours like that and then i was like oh, i'll just start a company and i'll do it that way so that's what i did for a long time but the, nice. the art but don't panic so we did that we did the ep in 2009 and we did the u.s tour with the ataris in 2010 and then when we got home from that tour it was long and, and we were just like all right well, let's take a, everyone take a break we'll all do our own thing so i started the booking agency and keith went and did his thing and anthony our drummer went and did his thing and we're like all right we'll just play some shows and when we want to and then we just never did <laughs> <laughs> and then eight years later or nine years later whatever it was we're like oh let's, let's do this again so wow. it, was a, it was a long time like so we didn't really do like i call this like a soft reboot yeah because it's we didn't do anything we put an ep out we did a 40 date u.s tour with the ataris which was cool but that, that's all we did right so we you know and then everyone kind of like became adults sort of yeah and, and uh and then i started I it and then we started it in 2019 again and we just like it was august of 2019 like right when we decided to start the band back up and i could say that is much easier to start and run a band when you're in your mid-30s than it is when you're 21 or 20 years old because you can afford things ideally yeah. i would imagine by the time you're in your mid-30s you can at least afford some things so, hopefully yeah That's so yeah so it's been uh it's, it's a much, and you know, you know what to do and what not to do. And, you know, you know, it's a lot, it's just like a lot easier on that end. The negative side is you're in your mid thirties and you're like, right. Really tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or your late thirties. You never know. I'm 38. Yeah. So. yeah I'm 38, yeah. man. Oh, I mean, I was 35 when I started this back up and I'm 38 now. So I think that's badass, man. It's inspiring because I think in many ways I'm having more fun writing and recording music and doing this podcast than I was back in my early twenties where everything. Me was too. So I'm having way more fun now. Everything yeah. was so important back then. Like when you, when we, I was in that band split 50, it was like every little stupid thing was like, if this doesn't work out, it's the end of the world. Like, you know, my God, like, this show or that release or this date, it's just all this stupid shit. That's like, now you're just like, I don't give a shit. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. So it's so much more fun and, and relaxed because you know, like those stupid little things just don't matter anymore. Right. Well, it's gotta be incredibly validating too. Because I wanted to bring up a quote that I saw that you, you posted the other day and you said, it took me almost 20 years, but I'm finally starting to get where I've wanted to be with mm. the band. You were speaking about the band and going on these tours, which is really cool, really cool opportunities. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, I think that's got to be fun too, like to have done this so long to be involved in the music industry and, and you're yeah, it is very... popping off, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah. I don't like to say that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> you want to jinx it? Yeah, just I just, it's, here. I, I mean, from the outside, sometimes that could be easy to think that way. And then when, you, when you're in it, you're just like, no, nah, this is just some stupid little thing. So <laughs> I, I don't have like, I don't have like a good perspective on like where we are right now. Like, uh, and, and also, you know, again, I've been doing this a long time. I know how to make it look really good yeah. <laughs> or at least better than it is. So, you know, um, or maybe it's as good as it is and you have a different version of what success looks like now. That's true. Also. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, all I wanted when I was starting, especially when I was in my early 20s and right out of high school, 
um, was, Hey, I want to go on tour with these bigger bands. I want to put albums out. Yeah. And like, you know, and now I'm going on tour with like less than Jake and stuff. It's like, I would have never thought that would be like an actual thing. I was going to be like, I thought the pinnacle of what I was doing was going to be those summers on warp tour where I was basically the only reason I was there is because I was doing it myself. Right. It's not like, it's not like we just got on because, you know, like, Oh, this is the next big band. And like, we're going to put them on the stage. It was like, we just had to do everything. So it's, it's like validating in a way, but not really like, cause it's not someone else telling you you're good enough. It's you doing it and being like, no, I am good enough. I'm going to make myself be here. So when we start getting added to these like tours now, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, this is really cool. Like someone else is saying to me like, yeah, you know, you're, you're good. Like I we want to have you here. And it's not mm-hmm. me, like, it's not me creating the opportunity. It's me actually getting one. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was getting at when I was saying that, where it's just like, yeah, it's nice to finally be to a point where I'm getting opportunities instead of having to be the one who makes everyone, every opportunity that I get. Cause that's always yeah. been my whole life. It's just making my own opportunities. Right. And that's cool though. That's it's admirable. great, but it, man, it's tiring. <laughs> just like give me something sometimes you know it's it, like, yeah i understand that but there's something liberating about making your own experience too you know as i get older course. things beyond the realm of music you know there i'm an independent contractor i'm a personal trainer i know i don't look like one but uh that's my gig so i'm an i'm an independent contractor and i don't work for anybody except for myself and mm-hmm. i'm friends with the people who allow me to have this space this tiny little space in north kansas city and I listen to punk rock in there and, and pop punk and that's cool. And hang out with my people and it's great. And I've had people now for up to a decade. So it's like, it's, that's validating in the sense that I had to work like hell to f- take that opportunity yeah. and essentially like wield opportunity and put myself out there as you did as well. But I understand what you mean by like, it, it's maybe validating isn't necessarily the right word, but it's, it's really nice to work so long and then it's be rewarding. recognized somewhat. Yeah. yeah rewarding. It's rewarding. And it's, yeah. And, you know, you need that sometimes, man. Like it can't, it can't always be, and I'm not trying to say it in any way, but it can't always be everything that I've got is something that I gave, got myself. Like it's nice every once in a while to get like a little reward, be like, here you go. Like, yeah, this is, you know, good job. Like you're, you're doing good music or you're working really hard and here's this thing. Sure. And like, that was like, again, with Warp Tour, Kevin giving it to us, that was kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, when we got signed to Eulogy or whatever, like my old band, it's like, all right, yeah, like that's a reward. Like we worked hard and we got this thing. But then when you're there, then it's like back to creating it yourself and making it yourself. And which sure. is not, I'm not complaining about that. I mean, certainly you need that work ethic. It's just very nice every once in a while to get something cool that you didn't make. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And we can that's soak the, that up, Ted. Yeah, and that's what that post was about. It was just about like, hey, you know, I work my ass off. And in the last two years, I've gotten more done than in the last 25, you know, musically in my musical career. I got to open for some of my favorite bands already. Like we played with Face to Face last year. I was so excited. Killer. Uh, we got to open for that band Lit uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And I just, I love that band since I was a kid in high school. So it's just like, yeah, man, this is cool. Like, you know, you keep setting your sights to the next thing now. Sure. Well, congratulations, man. That's very cool. Thank I was going to ask you in that eight or nine year period, did you guys ever, I'm sure you guys discussed the idea of potentially doing more don't panic, right? Or what happened? No. You guys, it was, it, you probably turned 30, I would imagine, because that's around the time I turned 30. I mean, I turned 30 yeah, in 2014. Was, no, it's 26. I think 26 or 27. It was 2000 and uh, no, no, that's not 10. right. Yeah, two thousand and 
11. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the hell years 11 years ago. So I was, thir- I was 27. It looks like your Wi-Fi name or password has changed. Oh, no. Update your Wi-Fi information. Go to the Alexa app. Alexa. That's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like your Wi-Fi name or password has changed. To update your Wi-Fi information, go to the Alexa app. I apologize for how loud that is. I was That's just okay. No worries. She's <laughs> she's a loud loud robot voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was, tw- I was 27, and uh, it was more about the fact that man, all four of us were just broke. We were we spent every dollar we had left to go do these tours, and and I was living yeah. in some crappy apartment and working at a at a pizza place, and or no, and I was at, before that I was working at the pizza place, but I, I was working for myself at that time, booking shows. That's what I was doing. And losing lots of money on some of them because you know, when you're a show <laughs> promoter, you can lose as much as you make. So you know you do, you do a hate breed show and lose three grand or something, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like that's every dollar I had in the bank, and then you gotta like try and make it all back. But all of us were kind of broke, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was more like, "All right, well, let's like spend some time and become adults and save up some money, and then we'll discuss getting back to it." But then everyone just kind of got comfortable. That's really all that happened. Yeah. I found yeah. other hobbies and. Uh, you know, I was just living life. I was working, working on my company, trying to build that up. And once my brother started touring a whole bunch um, and took me on tour with him one summer, then I was like, oh, wow, this was really fun. I missed playing shows and making music. So that's kind of what got me back into doing it. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I I can absolutely relate to that. Band members shifting and becoming adults and trying new things. And yeah, yeah there is some it's a different perspective when you can't afford certain things, you know, just the idea now of like paying my buddy Kyle to help us record. It's a very life-giving thing. I'm not going to make a ton of money back if I make my money back at all. So yeah, uh, it's nice to be able to do that without having to worry about it too much. Right. Cause that was the thing that we were always spending so much money on studio time back in the day. And then, yeah, hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's still, even on tour. It's still one of the things you, you spend all your money on now it's studio time. Uh, the music videos we do cost not not they're not cheap oh the van um merch i mean you try and make all that money back but you spend four times as much as you make right now like at least in the first few years like and i know that like you just work at like a business you know yeah i'm trying to do it as an investment it's like all right well i'm just gonna spend a whole bunch of money we're slowly making money back but you still got to keep spending that money as you make it back so it's you know hopefully it just you know you're smart and you know how to increase that the amount of money you're bringing in right and plus a lot of money up front with merch and stuff like that yeah yeah so you're a star wars fan yes uh, have you been well, watching kenobi yeah i watched it <laughs> oh ted tell me your thoughts please uh i'm gonna, I'm gonna caveat this uh i'm gonna give you a little disclaimer i'm a star wars fan from 1977 to 1983 <laughs> okay that's when i'm that's when i was a star wars fan yeah yeah uh everything after that uh not so much okay. some of it some of it's okay or watchable but it's just kind of just like a product now it's much yeah. more like wasn't it a product back then that too yeah but it, back to, like in the in the 80s they're making it they're making a series of three movies and they're like all right here's three movies that we want to make and here's a story the end then it's like they dove back in not because they had more story to tell because they were just like well this thing made a lot of money and like let's just keep doing that and then it got bought by disney and then it's mm-hmm. just like you know everything i don't know i just get i got burnt out by it and the movies like the quality like 
just because like video and technical quality is better and like people can flip around now when they're doing their fake lightsaber fights doesn't make the movies good or the shows because there's i feel like there's no content to them it's just like remember this thing and here's this guy remember him from the <laughs> old movie and you remember this ship and everyone's like yay uh-huh. i don't get like that i don't care about the things i cared about like the story and like it was fun and i just don't feel like it's that anymore it feels really hollow that's okay. just my opinion though and i don't Fair begrudge enough. anyone who likes any of the star wars stuff it's just not for me that's totally fair totally yes fair. but i'm a huge star, star wars, wars fan. fan huge okay. star wars fan but typically if you're going to be watching star wars it's going to be the original three yes the empire strikes back is my favorite movie of all time it's a good one it's a good one to have yes. that's like my comfort movie i feel like i watch that a lot in the wintertime. Yeah, I think our comfort movie in our house here is like Indiana Jones and oh, Temple dude. of Doom or, yes. you know, uh, Big Lost Trouble, Art. Little China is another one. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. You those kind of movies. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one too. No, it's funny you mentioned that because Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that's my favorite movie Looking of all great. time. Yeah, it's effort. great. So good. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, like you, I got a little cynical. Uh, that's not an insult i think it's fair it's a fair take but i i became very cynical of star wars when the prequels came out and the oh i hated them i hated the legacy that happened afterwards i was kind of thinking oh george lucas completely ruined this so i'm just going to try to hang on as much as possible because <laughs> big franchise that he hasn't ruined yet and at that point the fourth indiana jones hadn't come out so i was oh my god that movie is so bad <sighs> yeah really that movie is. is so bad we we me and my cousins watched it as a comedy and we had a great time. <laughs> and my my fiance said she went to go see it at the movie theater and was like distraught when it was over. I was too. Because we're just such, a little we, bit of my both innocence. of us just love Indiana Jones so much. And that thing was just a big pile of dog shit. So are you curious about the new one, James Weingold? <laughs> with the 90-year-old uh Harrison Ford <laughs> with his 80. crutches going. He's 80. He's yeah. he was older than Sean Connery was in last crusade mm-hmm. when he did yeah. the last movie he was older right. than sean connery right this is 15 16 years later yeah he, he's gonna be as old as sean connery's dad would have been during the last crusade <laughs> so it's like he he is so old like i don't want to see indiana jones with his walker going around like you know complaining to the you know the aarp or whatever about you know whatever <laughs> like what what could the adventure possibly be what if he has like a mentee, like he's the mentor? That should have been the last one. It, yeah, it kind of was. No, in yeah. a terrible way, but you're right. Yes, it should have been. He, it, I, he, I hope they rectify it. He, he, fun fact, he's actually older than Spielberg and George Lucas. They're both younger than him, which is crazy. Yeah, well, he probably is aging quicker than them, too. You think so? Have you seen no. George Lucas recently? No, I, I mean, just meant, I mean, literally. <laughs> I didn't mean like he yeah George Lucas looks like a frogman. <laughs> Harrison looks okay for especially for 80, Jesus. For 80, yeah. Yeah, good lord. Yeah. Yeah, I I would hope to look anything that closely resembles that. I won't, but I, you know, that's something to aspire to at least. <laughs> I won't be as that handsome when I'm 80. I'll be like a mess <laughs> if I'm alive. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I, I tend to agree with you, I think, on a subconscious level, but I tend to just need shallow entertainment in my life sometimes. So that's kind of how I, I no, shallow. I love shallow entertainment. You know, man, freaking 90 Day Fiance is all over the place. Who doesn't <laughs> like putting on that crap and just vegging out for a minute? Sure, I watched, I watched, yeah, I watched The Mandalorian and I kind of liked, especially the first season. I thought that was pretty cool. 
uh, I actually didn't like the second season as much because they kept going, well, now we did an original story. You better start throwing everything that you ever remember into one season. So here's Luke Skywalker and here's the girl from the cartoon. And here, you know, it's like, oh, God, stop. Just let yeah. it be its own thing. Because then I watched the Boba Fett show and that made me want to throw up everywhere. It's the worst thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And this Obi-Wan show I'm watching, it feels like they didn't even learn their mistakes from the prequels. Like, let's add a little kid who can't act and give her a ton of lines and let's see how that goes again. <laughs> and it's like, man. And then they turn his character into this like weird sniveling coward who doesn't know how to like handle himself at all. I, I just don't get it. I don't get what they're doing with it. I'm not he a fan. hasn't used his powers in a while, Ted. It's been 10 years. Oh, God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I didn't play guitar for 10 years. I got back into it pretty quick. Like, I, and I, I didn't. You will too. I didn't change as a person that much. Like this guy's become a whole, <laughs> he spent his entire life like training and disciplining himself. And then like he spent 10 years in a desert and now he's just like this, like Jar Jar Binks kind of character. I just, it's, I don't know. And I like you and McGregor. He's a great actor. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the problems that Mark Hamill had with the new movies. He didn't like the idea of him being this sniveling character that abandons everything he believed in the original trilogy with the Jedi code and everything. I think that was yeah. his biggest complaint with the last Jedi and all that stuff. I digress. This is star Wars talk, but yeah, uh, that is completely fair. My man, fair <laughs> takes. And I, I understand them all. And yeah. I just want to make sure I cover everything here. Sure. I think that's all I have for you, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Total hey, stranger. No, man, of course. I'm very happy to. Yeah, it's yeah, been I, fun I listening to your band. I've been listening to you guys for the last couple of weeks, and it's been fun just diving into your catalog and letting it rip. Oh, great. I, oh, I'm glad I, you like it. I just had, uh, I wanted to mention earlier, I just had Mike Davenport. You mentioned Versus the World. And oh, yeah. The Ataris. I just had him on the show a little bit ago. That's cool. I could totally see you guys on tour with the Ataris. I think he's going to maybe do some shows with them. So uh, I know everything that's going on with them. I'm just not supposed to say. Radical. That's but, totally uh, fair. Do you work yeah. for them now? You still yes. work for yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I work for them. Okay, cool. Uh, and they have some really awesome stuff they have planned for next year. So very cool. Yes. Which will it'll be the 20 year anniversary of the story, which is very cool. Yeah. I just want to hear a new full length from them. I think Chris Rowe sits on songs way too long. I love Chris. I've met him several times. I would tell him this if we were chatting. I just I will tell you why. that there's a, a strong possibility that was gonna is gonna happen. Okay, great. That's incredible to yes. hear. Awesome, man. All right. Well, cool. And I hope we get, as you mentioned, we're going to get new Don't Panic songs. So that's very cool, too. Yes, you are. Uh, hopefully at the end of the summer is the plan. Okay, cool. And then you guys have a little bit of time off from touring that you know of after the Dolly Rots tour. And then... Yeah, we're going to do, like I said, we're do a couple Eternal Boy shows. And then we're going to play the big uh, Four Chord Festival in September. Very cool. And then, and then it's looking like we're going to go back to the UK full band at the end of the year. Exciting, man. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it seems to be the plan. So we'll Looks see. like you guys had fun, or you had fun specifically. Oh, on man. Last run. Unbelievable time. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's good yeah. to see those enthusiastic crowds. Yeah, it's they really love cool. their music in the UK. So Very much. Oh, very cool, man. So just real quick, where can we find, I mean, obviously, all the streaming platforms, look up Don't Panic. and then you Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, all that stuff, or Don't Panic. Pennsylvania. There's a couple other old bands that kind of like used our name while we were on our long break. So sometimes they get muddled in there, but we have our own pages. So our website's don'tpanicofficial.com. Facebook is backslash don'tpanicofficial. Our Instagram is don'tpanicjustrock. And our Twitter is don'tpanicpa. I hate they're all different, but you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? And then 
all of the if you could find all of our streaming stuff just from the don'tpanicofficial.com website cool. yeah there's links to our spotify and all that other stuff awesome man i hope you guys make it to my neck of the woods i'm in lawrence kansas this is where i live and it's very close to kansas city and kansas city has a lot of venues and lawrence has a lot of venues yeah yeah so 40 minutes apart so yeah hopefully i'll catch you guys at a show sometime i would love that i think the closest we're getting is on this lesson jake tour i don't think we really get that close so but we'll, we'll yeah, be down that I looked way. at the dates because that would absolutely be something I would be going to if it yeah, were. I think here. the clo- I think the closest to Kansas City is like Tulsa, Bloomington, Illinois, or something. You know, Illinois, it's like yeah. yeah, something like that. Okay, cool. Well, dude, have a blast. I'm envious. Thank you. Those are some of my favorite bands, and I know you'll have a lot of fun, and it'll be really cool to just hang out with all those dudes and very excited. Up, so cool man well thanks again i really appreciate it i'll let you know when this comes out typically cool. i release these on wednesdays usually around midnight on tuesday the night before i appreciate your time today dude no no problem i appreciate you wanting to talk to me absolutely have a good rest of your weekend and i'm sure i'll talk to you soon all right ben all right dude take see care you. bye personality you can't see it's not what i want but what i need i whoa Personality between you and me is not the guy I need to be. So step aside is a Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to help the podcast out, if you want to do a massive solid for us here at Having a Blast, if you could just leave us a review, a five-star review would be incredible. I'd really appreciate it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, another thing you could do would be to share this podcast with a friend, anyone who enjoys this type of music or personal development in general. All right, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Hopefully you're having a blast listening to your favorite records. Take care and I'll talk to you later. So close.